Welcome to Please Bet on Football Games. Hello and welcome to week three of the Please Bet on Football Games podcast. I am your host, Alex, here with the on-air talent, Joe. Joe, how are you doing today? I'm still trying to get over that Saints push. That was rough. Uh, that hurt. I've never been so upset to not lose money on a bet. It, I, I have a harder time being upset about it just because it felt kind of predictable. Like, you literally called it Yep. from a few minutes out, and I was like, oh my god, you're right, this is exactly what's going to happen. And so then it was almost just comical watching it play out in the worst possible way. Yeah, no, as soon as... Because you weren't watching it at the time because you thought it was sealed. You were watching the other game. And mm-hmm. it was it was fourth and two from Carolina's own 25. And when they converted it by running halfback dive for 12 yards, I was like, oh, I, the Saints know they don't have to play anymore. And like 20 seconds later, I was telling you that they were on the Saints 25. And you were like, what? <laughs> and that And yeah, it happened exactly how we thought it would happen. But I, I guess we've jumped the shark a little bit and gotten into the bull spit report. See how I did that? Nice. I might monetize this one. Look at you maturing. Got four more minutes while I scratch my neck in withdrawals. Uh, shall we? Shall we bull spit report? Let's. All right. First up, our lone true loss of the week. We had Green Bay minus one over Atlanta. Atlanta ended up winning by two. Deep exhale. Uh, this is. This is tough. It's a little bit bull spit because if you watch the game, it looked like the Packers should have won, and the Packers couldn't. If the Packers would have gotten one first down in the fourth quarter, they would have iced the game. But the Packers struggled to move the ball a little bit, and Atlanta looked, if you watch the game, all game, Atlanta looked like more comfortable moving the football up and down the field. They just weren't scoring because Desmond Ritter can't function in the red zone at all. I'm going to say this is a relatively fair result. This is a 50-50 game, and we landed on the wrong side of the 50. That happens. Yeah, I think this is one that we went in. It was basically pick them. We liked Green Bay's defense and thought the offense would be able to, you know, kind of keep up enough. They weren't. Yeah, the offense underwhelmed me, and that's why I feel like this best bet going back, I would not make the same bet. Yeah, I feel bad because we made it like a, a late best bet, and we should have just... No, I would have done the same damn thing. It was the right... Damn doesn't count. We're going to find out. <laughs> uh... <laughs> no, that was... Do not feel bad about that one. We can feel bad later. Fair enough. Uh, but, yeah, I think it was a righteous one, I think. You know, it happens. But definitely a, uh, a real loss. Next, a, a very nice win for us. Tampa Bay, we had them minus two and a half over the Bears. I think they won by 10. Yeah, it was never in doubt. A uh, little bit of a fraudulent final score in that the Bucks got a pick six on a screen to end the game. Mm-hmm. But that's what happens when you bet against Justin Fields. He throws a pick six at the end of the game. It's happened every time he's played in 2023. That's actually a three-game sample. I went back to last year. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's actually nuts. <clears throat> last last, uh, last meaningful drive of each game, he's thrown a pick six. Uh, one was to Aiden Hutchinson. Two, two, two of them are to defensive linemen. I hope a lot of people got those uh, Justin Fields future MVP bets in earlier well, this year. He literally was the most bet option. Well, the odds are probably incredible right not, now. I mean, right now. <laughs> we're not going to talk about the Bears right now because, who boy, I could get myself in some trouble. But, uh, no, this was a totally fair result. Uh, yes, we got seven free points from Justin Fields doing what he does. We also lost six points on missed field goals and such. So I'm fine with this. Yeah, I think it was legit. Even if we don't get the pick six, I don't think the Bears were going to move down the field and no. score. No. So we still would have won by three. That's a cash. Good win. Moving on to Sunday night, we had Miami minus three. They won. That was another. That was a best bet. So yeah. we were one and one on best bets. Two and one on the year now. I like that. This is another righteous one. I thought it was earned. They were the better team. Yeah, I um, I didn't watch most of this game as I've tweeted about. I had uh, I had personal commitments for the weekend. I'm I, I thought about. It. I'm not gonna make a joke, but I couldn't make a joke. But we're within five minutes, so I'm gonna keep it kosher. Uh, I was in the car on the way home from dinner in like the late third quarter, early fourth quarter, and I checked the score on my phone. The Dolphins were comfortably ahead. I never sweat. I felt completely at ease with that. And when I went back to watch the condensed game to uh, grade, yeah, I mean, the Dolphins were in complete control. Tua tried to fumble it away late, literally and figuratively, but the Patriots have no juice. It felt a little scary late. 
just because the Patriots did kind of stick around the entire game and the Dolphins weren't able to completely put them away. Yeah. But they won. I think it was they were the better team in that game. Very clearly. They controlled. I mean, if you're a Patriots fan, I'm sure there are people that are upset about that fourth down. But Don't be. It was a bad throw, and that's why Gasicki didn't convert it. Yeah. And the offensive lineman that got pitched the ball, which I will agree was a very cool play, very fun. He didn't he didn't make it. He was short by like half a yard. Yeah, it was clearly short live. I couldn't believe how many people were like, oh, he made it. And it was like they, they gave us like a still shot of his knee being down and the ball being like a full football length away from the first down line. Get over yourself. They lost. It turns out people just root, root for things that look kind of cool, and that's basically why Deshaun Watson is still in the NFL. Yeah. All right. We can go on to our push and then talk about our... Uh, well, we talked about our push. Are you right? We did. We can go on to our side bets. That's why I led you with the Deshaun Watson layup. Well done. Uh, I'm. This is my flu game podcast. Uh, I have a rag over my head. It's around your neck, but yeah. It was over my head, and then I was getting hot. <laughs> Uh, so it is 65 degrees out and the windows are open on my 22nd floor apartment. So Alex is trooping. I rollerbladed here. (laughs) Mistakes have been made today, but we're fighting through given that ease up. Okay, Joe, I'm doing my best. (laughs) Oh, fuck. We're outside five minutes. Oh, fuck. Uh, we did forget one game. Yeah. I was going to say, we forgot Washington. Yeah. We were, that's why what I meant with like our side bets of, I figured we'd lead with Washington because it was the one we actually put in our five. Okay. Because we know this is Joe's show. When you say it, it makes me feel bad. It's it's very clear. We know this. <laughs> Anyone that listens to this does not associate. And they're like, oh, yeah, I listen to that show that Alex is in. <laughs> this is not a, a bad thing. We, I know my role. The ambulance in the background is not because Alex just burnt himself to a crisp. It's because there's something going on out there. Uh, this this has all been a shameless ploy to avoid me finding a convenient place to put the Happy Gilmore clip in, where you confess that you are stupid and I am smart, you are ugly and I am good lo- or I'm attractive and you are not good looking. But yeah, I, mean, I just love that bet and it came it came to fruition. Honestly, watching this game, I think the Broncos were lucky to be ahead at halftime. And they were lucky to be close at the end of the game. Yeah, it was a good bet. I mean, Washington felt like they were in control, even though they had to mount that comeback. Yeah. It felt like they were in control for, like, a lot of that second half. It's it's the most in control I've ever seen a team be down 21-3. to three. Yeah, and it felt like it was their game pretty I ne- much I entirely never, in the second half. At 21-3, to three, I had to – I had my, uh, my personal things I had to do started at about halftime of that game. So at halftime, I think it was, like – 21 to 3 or 21 to 10 and there was not a doubt in my mind that they were going to come back and win that game so i'm i'm pleased with that bet i'm very pleased with sam howell vindication is mine on several levels now for the bonus bets neither of which were mine but i stand a little corrected fair i appreciate that so first up we had my my bet that i went head-to-head with joe on uh, I had Cincinnati minus three. They instead lost by three. Uh, but you got screwed. But, I mean, I think the Ravens were a better team. The Ravens deserved to win that. I thought Lamar played better in important moments. Low bar. Sure. But he made some really nice throws at really key moments, <laughs> and the Ravens deserved to win that game. I still don't feel bad about the bat. I mean... Joe Burrow played like absolute dog shit for the first half, and they still almost won that game. Yeah. So the reason that I didn't want to touch that bet with a five foot pole is because I thought there's no way Joe Joe Burrow looked that bad in Week One just because of the weather. I thought he had to be hurt. What? I mean, I watched the film. Joe Burrow sucked, but he didn't look hurt. His arm strength was there. His ball control was there. He just isn't very good. And because of that, Alex's handicap was right. If Joe Burrow's healthy, that was the side. Joe Burrow was healthy, but Lamar Jackson made two uncharacteristically awesome throws. He had two literally perfect throws. Yep. He had, I graded one as elite and one as great. They were both really good. Outside of that, he sucked. Also, Bengals got a little bit jobbed. Lamar Jackson fumbled at his own 20-yard line, and it got called back for a penalty. That easily could have turned this game into a winner. So we lost the bet. I won't say it's bullshit because it was a close game, and it's just a, it's a coin flip like the Packers game. But it was a good handicap, and even though I won the cigarette bet, I think you had the better read on the game. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't feel bad about the bet. Going into it, I... 
it was like Lamar's going to have to play really well because they're down two offensive linemen, <laughs> two two key defensive players. Mark Andrews played, but I mean he played well too. But Dude, you went in going, you don't know how healthy he's going to be. So I just figured these are pretty equal teams that I think since he is a little bit better, and one of them's really beat up. But Lamar played better. They won. Such is life. Yeah. These things happen. And then we had one more bonus bet on Monday night. <laughs> we had the Cleveland Browns minus three over the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Browns lost. Uh, I My soul left my body when Nick Chubb's ligaments all popped. Made me really sad. Yeah, that's pretty. I mean, it's, that's a career. I mean, it's a, it's the second time it's happened to that knee. I know. I, I saw um, one of the Twitter doctors who talks about football. Uh, I almost described him. Shouldn't have. Good catch. Yeah, I mean, as as much as I loved every second of it, that game was the number one supreme bullshit. Yeah, losing <laughs> losing Nick Chubb. I mean, we knew Deshaun Watson was going to suck. He was even worse than I would have expected, though. Uh, one of the bottom five games I've ever charted. It was so bad. Like, so have you ever seen a quarterback get a face mask penalty? Let alone two. I think I've seen one. I think I've seen like Lamar get one, but two. It, and it kind of looked on the second one intentional. Oh, yeah. They were both very clear. He was, I mean, even after the first one, he then got in a fight with the guy and pushed the ref. And Yeah. So the Deshaun first Watson one was... is just touching people at work when he shouldn't, and he never gets punished. Uh, I made the joke like four times on that night, but I kept saying, good thing the Browns got an adult in the room. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was, that game was incredible for the narrative. Oh, yeah. As far as Deshaun and the Steelers. Here's a fun fact. The Steelers, at no point in that game, crossed the Browns' 30-yard line. (laughs) Actually? At at no point. I saw that their offense gained negative seven yards in the fourth quarter, and they went from down seven to up three. Yep. (laughs) They... They made a deal with the devil. They lost seven yards. Well, the Browns made a deal with the devil. (laughs) Oh, shit, yeah. (laughs) Which is two horrific touchdowns given up directly by Deshaun Watson. I will say the pick six was a bad throw, but it wasn't pickable. That's fair. Now, when you throw a bad throw into traffic, things happen. And when you throw, I think, 20 bad throws in one game... One is going to have something weird happen to it. But I, your your handicap was right. Even if even without Nick Chubb, even if he had had some clairvoyance and sat the game out, I still think that the Browns should have won with Jerome Ford. It's just that Deshaun Watson, I mean, he literally dropped the ball. I thought him and Kenny Pickett would both be similarly bad. Kenny Pickett was so much better while still being terrible. He was awful. He got an F. He got an F, and he did twice as well as Deshaun Watson, literally. And everyone will be like, eh, it's fine. Because everyone is just going to be like, did you see what fucking Deshaun Watson did? Yeah, Kenny Pickett didn't literally commit any felonies during the game, and therefore he's going to come out smelling like roses. It's crazy. Which might give us an angle for next week, and boy, are we going to need the help, because next week, well, this week, it fucking sucks, dude. It's tough. Um, my final point before we wrap up uh, week two is fuck Minka Fitzpatrick. That was a dirty-ass hit. It was a dirty ass. There was only one way that could have gone when you dive your entire body into the side of someone's knee that's already being tackled by someone. I'm glad you brought that up because my original reaction when we were on the phone watching that game was, oh, come on, that's not a dirty hit. And then the replay happens and he just completely puts his head torpedo style through the side of a guy's knee. And it's like, well... I'm struggling to figure out what he thought could have happened. Yeah, like, I I don't care, like, oh, yeah, you got to tackle someone tough to tackle like Nick Chubb down low. Like, he didn't try and tackle him. Yeah, you do have to tackle someone like Nick Chubb low by hitting him in the thigh, not the side of the knee. Yeah, and putting, like, he never tried to wrap up. His, no. it, it went forearms, and then he missed with his forearms, and it, then it rolled a, his entire body into it. It was absolutely a hitch up. So, fuck Minka Fitzpatrick. All my homies hate Minka Fitzpatrick. On to week three. On to week three. Started off with a banger. Who's playing Thursday night? Oh, yeah. Nice and easy. Great game to talk about. The New York Giants are going to play the San Francisco 49ers. San Fran minus six and a half. I think we should call this week the ballet because it's just a lot of drop dead legs, man. There's nothing going on otherwise. Uh, That was nice. San Francisco is going to win. They're probably going to win by multiple points. I don't know if they'll win by 10 or 11. I don't touch that shit. And you can't tease it. I mean, 
it's a leg if you want to anchor something and move a line a little bit. That's about all I got. <laughs> I'm just now realizing that I said six and a half because I was looking at the halftime yeah. line. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's ten. Yeah. Good leg. It has a good leg, but that's, I mean, if it was six and a half, I would be unloading the clip. Yeah, I was like, as I was reading that, I was like, damn, this actually isn't that bad. I think this is actionable. And then I went, there, I, I see what I've done. There's something wrong with the Giants. Now, I am encouraged. I've, I've heard from some sources... Shout out Rod that Dable took over play calling in the second half, and that's what turned things around against Arizona. Here's the issue. Dude, you just got bailed out by the skin of your teeth against Arizona. And that defense does not look as good as I thought. I thought the defense would look real good. It looks shit. Yeah, they look bad. You were, I mean, you nailed it with saying you thought they were going to be bad this year. So I thought they'd be fine. Well, they look like what their roster dictates they should look like. True. Last year, you'll remember... We, we deliberated like crazy because we're like, well, this Giants team sucks ass, but Dable's such a good coach, and Kafka's such a good coach. Like, maybe the coaching will carry them to the promised land, and it did. But it doesn't seem that they have that magic this year. And uh, they paid their running back and their quarterback, and neither should be starting. <laughs> Don't worry, Saquon got injured per usual, so he's not starting. I do like that last season might be like the peak of this core. It is. It has to be. By the way, they don't have an offensive line. Andrew Thomas is not playing. He's their only offensive lineman worth starting. Yeah, it's bad bad times in New York. And now they have to go block Bosa, Drake Jackson, our king, who's breaking out this year. And then, uh, who's the guy from Philly? D-tackle. Hargrave. Yeah, one of the best. Defensive tackles. And Eric Armstead, one of the better defensive tackles. Yeah, it's it's bad. Do you think the Giants will score more points on offense or San Fran will score more points on defense? Should we just be fucking squares and take the 49ers? I, I think it might end up in the picks just because this week sucks. It, honestly, it could. And I never thought that would be possible. And I feel like the 49ers blow teams out. I have absolutely no research on that. They I'm, they kind of don't. I'm working completely off of week one. Um, We should consider the 49ers just because I hate San Francisco less than usual right now. It's a good weekend. Your emotions are clouding your football, Joe. Well, then let's talk about a different game. Let's move on to Sunday. And on to Sunday, I have the full game lines pulled up now. In the noon hour, first up, we have the Los Angeles Chargers going to play the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are minus one. Oh, this line is flipped. Well, actually, now that I'm looking at it, it looks like the Chargers are also minus one on the bet stamp yeah, you website. Can, you can get them at either. So we'll say pick them? It is a pick them, uh, technically. Um, I don't know. I, this game is so actionable, and these are two teams that we really, I feel like we really have a handle on. We like, and we think about, and we know well. And I can't bet this game, because we've got Brandon Staley, who will fuck it up. I don't know what it is, but he'll fuck it up. Mm-hmm. And then we've got the Vikings defense, which just sucks. And also the Vikings can't stop fumbling. They just trade for Cam Akers, which I think is a great trade, but I don't know if he'll be playing. I, he, there's no way he's playing this quickly. And also, I was once a big Cam Akers fan, but he's had a couple knee injuries. And stats aren't everything, but running backs are pretty easy to fucking figure out. He's got the second worst rushing yards over expected in the NFL. Oh, that's and that's in great. a good offense with a decent line. It just always seemed like McVeigh didn't like him. He didn't. And so I figured like that's got to be playing into it and that he's been put in weird situations and like he was good when he got regular playing time. Now you're right, there have been some injuries. Yeah. But I figure you throw him in a cock offense and see what happens. It can't be much worse than Madison. He's been he's been bad. He's been bad. And they were really hoping he was going to... Well, it looks like Dalvin Cook is probably even worse. Yeah, he's cooked as well, but... Ah... Nice. Yeah. Um, no, I just I don't know what to do with this game. Me either. Uh, in my initial gut reaction is to take the Chargers because better quarterback, better quarterback, and better ingredients. Papa I, John's. I think the roster overall is better. I don't know. I, I think the Vikings have better receivers. Sure. I think the Chargers definitely have a better offensive line. Mm-hmm. Chargers have a better quarterback. Much better quarterback. Defenses are fucking identical to me. They're both not good. I, I think not a single defensive back in this game I like. Except for Lewis Seen, who apparently is the fifth string safety, literally, for the Vikings. Which I don't understand. And we had talk we have talked about how coaches matter more than maybe we used to account for them. Yep. So maybe that's a sign that we should bet on Cock. 
he's a much better coach here. Yep. And while Herbert is a substantially better quarterback, maybe it doesn't matter that much. See, the thing is, Kellen Moore is a good offensive coordinator. He is. And the Chargers have been almost unstoppable on offense. It's just that their defense literally cannot get a singular stop ever. So it just takes one or two clunky drives on offense for their team to lose. Um, Feels like Minnesota's been kind of the same. Minnesota's been a lot the same. But Minnesota has been fumbling their asses off. Minnesota off a mini-buy, though. Minnesota off a mini-buy, and at some point their luck has to turn. I mean, I think you could say that about the Chargers, though, too. <laughs> Fuck. This Th- is... That's my issue is that I'm like, ah, both of these teams are like kind of due to right the ship a little bit because they're both 0-2, right? Yeah. And both are better than that, but fuck, I don't I don't I, know. I just don't know what to do because like usually you can find a matchup advantage. There is no matchup advantage. Both defenses just suck. You can do whatever you want to them. So it's just going to come down to how well the offenses execute. And Kirk Cousins is mistake prone, sure, but Brandon Staley is blockhead prone. So whether Brandon Staley is punting on fourth and two from the opposing 40-yard line in a tie game, which actually happened last week, or Kirk Cousins is fumbling on a sack for no reason, it makes no difference. Both of these teams are just they're just star-crossed. I don't want to touch it. Yeah, no, I don't think we should. I don't think we need to. I think if you put a gun to my head and make me pick one, I'd say screw it, give me Minnesota. See, I, if, if you put a gun to my head and made me pick one, I'd pick San Diego. I'm purely doing it because Minnesota's at home, <laughs> and I'm it, going it, with the coach factor. It's Kirk right after church. True. And he's now had two churches since his last game. Oh, my God, he's so full of Christ. His God hole is just overflowing. His cup runneth over. All right, so we're going to leave this one to the side and hopefully not have to talk gonna about it again. We're going to pray we find some other games to talk about. <laughs> yeah, what do you fucking do? Move on. And next up, we have the Buffalo Bills going to play the Washington Commanders. The comms are plus six and a half. And that's the side I'm leaning towards. Uh, this is tough. Because the commanders, the commanders worry me. I'm not sold on them. I mean, they did almost blow it to the lowly Broncos, and the Bills are sick. Yes. And y- you mentioned earlier that the 49ers feel like a team that blows teams out when they win. The Bills are. The Bills cover big spreads. They do not stop. But my instinct is that the commanders are the right side. So, first of all, and most importantly, they have a better record than the Bills. I'm kidding. But, <laughs> no. So, the, the way that the... I keep on almost calling them the Redskins. The way that the Commanders are flawed is primarily that their offensive line is booty. But without Von Miller, the Bills' defensive line is booty, which really helps. So, because when when kept clean last week, Sam Howell was not just good. He was elite. Maybe the best in the NFL last week from a clean pocket. So he's going to have clean pockets. Additionally, on the other side, you have kind of the inverse problem. The Bills also have a relatively weak offensive line, but the Commanders have a sick defensive line. And don't look now, but Chase Young is back, and he looks good again. I mean, there there's a legitimate argument that Washington has the best front four in football. You could absolutely make the argument. And, and certainly they have three really, really, really good linemen plus Chase Young, whatever he's going to be. Which I think is going to be good because it's just it's hard not to pan out when you're that athletic. So the trench battles both favor Washington as much as they ever will. The quarterback battle, I believe, is pretty goddamn even. I think Howell and Allen are basically the same guy as far as caliber goes. Now, I know that's a hot take. It is a hot take. I want to temper that take. I don't want to, because if I truly believed that and I was 100% certain in it and it felt totally comfortable because I'd never heard an outsider's opinion, I'd be betting this game immediately. But I'm going to temper that. So let's go through to the wide receivers on the defensive backs. The Bills notoriously have super mediocre defensive backs and the Redskins have, the commanders have sick receivers, even without Logan Thomas. Yes. The Bills have one good receiver, and Kendall Fuller is the only good established cornerback for their commanders, and he's a perfect matchup for Stephon Diggs. And Emmanuel Forbes is a good corner who's going to be really good one day. So honestly, the only reason you could believe the Bills are a better team is if you believe that there's a coaching mismatch or Josh Allen is just leaps and bounds better than Howell. And I don't really believe either because I've been really impressed by Eric Bieniemy. He's been really solid. It turns out maybe it was, yeah, maybe it was just racism. I don't know, dude. How did he fail that many interviews? How did he not get jobs that David Culley did? I mean, he, we... I know. 
We've talked about it. Off-field things, but I, I don't the penis know. issues would get would get a lot of people in trouble. Is they've shown people their penis in public one way or another. It's just weird how we apply it sometimes and then not at all other times. That's that's very fair, and I you might be right. It could be the racism. Maybe but, it's a mixture of the racism. But then, how is Deshaun Watson getting along so well? <laughs> doesn't make any maybe there's no logic in these old bastards uh, <laughs> maybe these rich old men are just kind of making impulsive decisions by god i think you're right <laughs> anyway uh so i don't want to do this i'm not comfortable doing this i hate myself for this but i think washington's the side when you play it out like that i agree i'm going to come in just with my concerns because i am lower on washington do than it you. no granted you Someone made me a believer last week because I thought Washington was going to lose in a close game. And then it looked real rough for that first. I know Washington was playing well, but still it was like, fuck, it's 21-3. to um, But they look good. And Sam Howell, he really does not know what's happening in his own pocket. No. But fuck, can he throw a football well. It's goddamn good. So I, I worry with him because I think that's a chance for a lot of mistakes to happen a lot of fumbles or bad sacks it's it's one of the quickest ways to lose a game you should win yeah uh, so that worries me now granted you know it's a six and a half point spread you got some wiggle room mm-hmm. and please let it go down to seven it won't it won't it's gonna stay at six and a half but but that shows you that there's value because everybody and their mother is going to be thinking, dude, it's the Bills. They're back. It's Sam Howell. He's a fifth-round pick. Come on. Yeah, and Washington has been not good for years, and Buffalo has been an AFC contender for years. Yeah. Now, Buffalo did absolutely wash Oakland last week or Vegas last week, but I don't think that means that much. I don't think it means anything. Because the Raiders are bad. Yeah. Washington's better than the Raiders. I think that that D-line will be able to force Josh Allen into some extra run and gun. Yep. And that at least increases variance in Washington's favor because maybe this one will be coin flip to yeah. terrible pick. When, when he smashes all the buttons, it might turn into pitch it to nobody or throw it into a crowd rather than incredible dart 30 yards downfield. Now, granted, it could turn into 30-yard bomb. It can. But... It happens. If that's the case, that, that's why we have a touchdown cushion. Yeah, I mean, I don't love it. I don't love it. But I think with this week, it might have to go in. I don't even, I'm not even sure I really like it. But it's it's good enough for now, and there's not that many other girls winking at me at this bar. All right, are we going to make this a bet? I mean, I don't want to ching it, but look at the fucking rest of the card, dude. It's not great. Just, do we have a sad cha-ching sound? Do we have a tentative Cha-ching? Maybe, maybe like somebody jingling change in their pocket. <laughs> and next up, we have the New Orleans Saints going to play the Green Bay Packers. The Packers are minus two. All right. I have an opinion. Good. I actually like this game. Hell yeah. We got to go Saints. I, I know. I kind of agree. It sucks. Derek Carr is frustrating to watch because if Derek Carr... I, if he just had a different mindset, dude, maybe he needs to, You know how some people need to find Jesus? I think he might need to lose him. <laughs> and I say that as a Christian man, but, but God damn. That's a little bit ironic, but... I was about to say. He's just so conservative and scared. And he needs to just have some balls like, dude, you've got a cannon of an arm. You can throw with zip to all levels of the field. Please do it. Please. Um, but this is not a Derek Carr bet. This is really simple calculus. It's almost exactly the same reason that we loved Carolina last, or the Saints last week against Carolina, and should have won that bet. Green Bay struggled on offense against the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons run the same defense as the Saints, but with much, much worse personnel. Jordan Love quietly sucks. He, here's a fun fact. Did you know he leads the NFL in touchdown passes right now? Yeah, his stats are pretty wild. And I don't, I don't think he has an interception either, but he sucks. He hasn't been good. I mean, that, that second half of last week, they Matt, couldn't do anything. Matt LaFleur is grabbing him by the hand and dragging him down the field, and that's the only way they move the ball. Plus, their running game has been what's really carried them. It's really all they can rely on these last couple weeks, and with Aaron Jones banged up slash out, depending on how his injury status matures. He didn't play, or he didn't practice today. The Saints actually have a good run defense. They have a stout, like Cam Jordan is washed, but he can still stop the run. 
Tano Passignal is a really good defensive end stopping the run. He's like a defensive tackle, defensive end hybrid. They've got two really good linebackers. Like this team, it plays old school bully ball. I don't think the Packers will move the ball whatsoever. And while I think the Packers defense is sick. They are good. They still play a little soft for my liking on the outside. And this Saints team is just going to take dinks and dunks and get the ball to like Rashid Shahid in space. Yeah. Now I will say I'm a little worried about the Saints run game. They're getting Kendra Miller back. That helps. But I, Jamal Williams is I, probably I, out this week. That's fine. Jamal Williams sucks. He's a cool dude. I root, I wish he was good because he's so funny and he also likes Pokemon, but he sucks. And Kendra Miller out of TCU is like legitimately good. Yeah, he did practice today. Those are really their only injuries. I mean, Foster Moreau for the Saints, and who gives a shit? He's fine. Uh, Taysom Hill, he's banged up, but he practiced. Taysom Hill is eternal. <laughs> he he creates plays for them. Like, yeah, we I, can make fun of him as much as we want, but he actually does, like... He had some big plays on Monday. I legitimately hate that their Taysom Hill package, like, kind of works. Like, it, it substantially kind of works. It's kind of the only way they run the ball well. And I hate it because it's dumb and it's wrong, but it does kind of work. And their defense is good enough that they don't need it to really work. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is probably, it's a weak week. This is a one-unit bet for me. Yeah, for sure. And, and, like, personally, I bet two units per bet. So if it's a one-unit bet, it means it's, like, a heavy lean. But in this week, we need it for the contest. Let's throw in a cha-ching. Next up, we have the Atlanta Falcons going to play the Detroit Lions. The Lions are minus three. I kind of like this one. It's it, it's the same thing where it's like a one-unit play for me. It's not something I actually truly feel strongly about. But this is going to be the first time Atlanta plays a real offense. It is. I think I know what's going to... And now the question is simply going to be, can the Lions stop the run? And That was going to be the thing I worry about is B. John Robinson is fucking insane. Dirty. He's so good. They have to be able to stop the run. With all the money they've thrown at linebacker, with their box safeties, Aiden Hutchinson's a stud. Like, they have to fucking stop the run. It's Dan Campbell's team. There's no way they can't stop the run. Weren't they terrible at stopping the run last year? Yep. Well, they're actually, it's not even that they're terrible. They're very inconsistent, and occasionally they were terrible at stopping the run. Occasionally they were decent at it. It's just so hit and miss. I, it's minus three. I think the Lions are a better team. I think I get the better coaching staff, the better offensive line, the better trench matchups. Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be wide open all day. They're going to have to use Jameer Gibbs more because David Montgomery's slow ass is hurt. The pop, my power rankings say that Detroit is significantly better, and I don't see any matchups that would hurt them other than can Atlanta run all over. But even if Atlanta can run all over, Detroit can pass all over. They should be able to. And I'd rather have a team that I'm confident can pass than a team I'm confident can run. And uh, yeah, and it's in, it's in Detroit at a dome. It's gonna be fine. Fuck it. I mean, it's a small ching, but it's a ching. Look at us. We already got three bets, and we're still in the noon slate. Fuck. We might we might be able to get rid of some of these. Thank God. <laughs> Thank Christ. All right. Uh... And next up, we have the Tennessee Titans going to play the Cleveland Browns. The Browns are minus three and a half. All right, this is tough as all hell. I don't want to bet on this game. Instinctively, I want to take the Titans. Me too. Close games, three and a half. Come on, that's the scythe. But the Titans' offensive line sucks. They're so bad. And Miles Garrett does not suck. The Browns' defensive line is terrifying. And they're never going to, at this rate, they're never going to play an offensive line. They're going to rack up like 900 sacks just by default. Again, I know they've played one bad offensive line and one pretty bad offensive line. But fuck, they they have been all over. They've been unstoppable. Yeah. Like, they've... How many points did they give up in between two weeks? Like, ten? Yeah. I I think the Steelers scored ten points on offense last week. Yeah. And then I don't think the Bengals scored any points on offense. Maybe three? Yeah, maybe they scored three. So they haven't let up two touchdowns worth of points in two weeks? Mm Mm-hmm. That's pretty nuts. Yes. Well, the offense has given up two touchdowns. (laughs) Jesus. Okay, so Deshaun Watson sucks, period. So the Browns will not pass the ball well. And the Titans' offensive line sucks, so they won't pass the ball well. This is going to come down to the run game and who can handle it better. Both teams have sick defensive lines. Both teams have run-stopping linebackers. Both teams have safeties who can come up and tackle. This game comes down to who has a better run game on the offense. On one hand, the Titans have a shitty offensive line, but they do have Derrick Henry. And on the other hand, the Browns have Ford. What's his first name? Jerome. Jerome Ford. 
Hey, they just signed Kareem. But they also have a good offensive line. I don't know what to do. It feels super even. The coaching mismatch. There's no coaching. These are both pussies. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't want to bet on this game. I kind of think that that makes the Titans a good bet. It's a lean for the Titans for me. I mean, I think with the hook, I think that's smart. I think the Browns are in utter free fall right now because Nick Chubb has been there, like, their foundation for five years. Oh, morale has to be on the floor. Yeah, and the guy that they traded their future for... Sucks. ...is horrible. I actually saw an interesting thing for some Browns fans, and not to detour this, but they were talking about, like, what's worse, knowing that we don't have a quarterback and we're constantly looking for a new one, and, like, every year it's a new guy, or getting a guy and being married to him for for five years and knowing that he sucks and i was like that's an interesting question i don't know that was the worst trade of all time <laughs> and i said it when it happened because you got to remember it's not just three first round picks for deshaun watson it's three first round picks and baker mayfield for deshaun watson at the worst contract of all time and because of that i said this is the worst trade i've ever seen and people told me i was silly and nobody has told me that i'm not silly yeah, I think the only one that can stack up to it is the Russ contract, or Russ trade. Russ looks remotely competent. You know, that's fair. And they have Walmart money, so they don't really care that they just gave him all that money. And they have an out. Next year, they can get out. Can they really? I mean, not for cheap, but they can get out. The Browns are stuck. <laughs> Fully guaranteed, man. Yeah, so lean Titans plus three and a half. Hopefully we don't need it. Yeah. Next game? Next game. All right, next up... We have another exciting one with the Houston Texans going to play the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jags are minus eight and a half. All right, we got a leg. I think so. I just The Texans have no offensive line left. It's all injured. Uh, C.J. Stroud is C.J. Stroud, which is not a great thing. Trevor Lawrence is a fraud, but he's still good enough to beat the Texans. Yeah, the Texans are bad. You just tease this bitch. Yes, like Jacksonville. Yeah, I'm not even going to play the song. That's it. Next. Next up, we have the New England Patriots going to play the New York Jets. The Jets are plus three. Hmm. There are two. I didn't know there could be this many bad games in the NFL. It's terrible. Uh, so, will Bill Belichick lose his eighth game in the last ten? I mean, fucking probably. I mean, the honestly, the Jets' defense is really, really good. Easily the best facet of this game. New England's defense isn't bad, though. They're still solid. It's not bad. And Christian Gonzalez is what you thought he was. Elite corner. Probably going to be the best in the NFL in a year or two. Zach Wilson sucks. He's still very bad. It's it's basically the Zach Wilson conundrum. We're going to take a second to talk about it because we're not going to fucking talk about this game. Uh, if Zach Wilson could figure out his brain, he could be a really good quarterback because he's, so, he's got such good arm talent. And he really is creative. He thinks quickly. He just thinks wrong. And he gets overwhelmed and overthrows the ball, and that causes him to be inaccurate. So, Zach Wilson, you watch him, and if you're looking at him in the right angle, in the right light, you squint just so. He's the prettiest girl at the ball. But you need him to fix that one fatal flaw, and it seems easy. But the mental aspect of the game, just I know it feels easier to get smart than it does to get strong or fast, but it's not. What happens, if we're seeing it with Justin Fields, too... Today, Justin Fields made a statement to the media like, yeah, no, I look robotic out there and I'm doing everything really slowly because I think I'm just trying to, I'm being overcoached. I'm trying to think too much and I need to just go out there and ad lib and let it rip. And it's like, you ever have a bad computer and you update it to the newest processing system and so it should be smarter and better, but now it's just really fucking slow and it can't do anything? People's brains are like computers. If you don't get it, you can learn as much as you want and it's just going to slow you down and make you bad. Zach Wilson doesn't get it. And Bill Belichick's not going to help him get it. To a lesser extent, Justin Fields, well, actually, to a greater extent, Justin Fields doesn't get it. Like, these dumb quarterbacks are never going to learn. It's just not how it works. I agree. But is New England going to... I don't know. I don't fucking want to bet on this game. Yeah, I'm, I agree. I used this time to talk about dumb quarterbacks instead of this dumb game. And then sure. we can move on. All right, let's move on. Next up, we have the Denver Broncos going to play the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins are minus six and a half. All right, leg. Agree, definitely. I guarantee that Miami wins. Yes, same. I, this is an absolute drop-dead leg. I honestly... Uh, we're, we're putting together some bets. I'm, but I'm because same, it's under a touchdown... I'm the same spot. I I'm think thinking. that it's actually a legitimate bet you it's can make. It's kind of pretty. 
and yeah. it's in Miami early in this, it's going to be hot as fuck check the weather check, this is a check the weather yeah I mean it's going to be you just checked it's going to be 86 degrees and it's going to rain right before the game so it's going to be humid and hot as hell and the way Miami Stadium is set up the roof is angled just so so that the visiting sideline gets baked by the sun during the game and the Dolphins are in the shade the whole game Meaning the Broncos from Denver are probably going to have a really hard time making it through this game, energized, enthusiastic, etc. So I think that the Dolphins could get a lead here. I think they will. And then I think they could just run away with it. I mean, they're a much better team. I agree with you in that when you get used to training and practicing and playing in that dry mountain air, and then you end up in... in that dry, cool mountain air, and you end up in a sauna... You're just at sea level. It's as humid as it is hot. It's terrible. Uh, I kind of like the dolphins here, dude. I do too. I'm not. I don't love them. I don't. I don't love any of these games. But I think this is one that goes on the top of the maybe pile. Yeah. No. Totally. Uh, it's, it's very simple. The the Broncos' entire defense is predicated on Patrick Sertain being really good, and he is, and it's predicated on some quick pass rush. The Dolphins get the ball out quick as all hell, so the pass rush is mitigated. doesn't really matter. And Patrick Sertain is great at what he does, but what he does is be tall and smooth. That doesn't help with Tyreek Hill. Needless to say, nobody can cover Tyreek Hill, but Patrick Sertain is uniquely not qualified. Like... It's not that he's a terrible matchup for Tyreek Hill, but he is much, much less than his reputation when he's guarding a speed receiver like Tyreek Hill. Yeah, Tyreek Hill's a cheat code. No one can actually cover him. And God forbid you get Braxton Berrios on him. Again, super quick dude. Not what Patrick Sertain handles well. Just Mike McDaniel's going to have a lot of fun. Sober King. Get him. All right. Top of the maybe pile. Top of the maybe pile. Miami. Leg and a half. I'm fucking teasing this with everything. Yes, absolutely. Use that to buy anything down that you want to. Flu game. Flu game. And for the final game of the noon slate, this should be a quick one. We have the Indianapolis Colts going to visit the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are minus seven and a half. Leg? Leg. And I, I mean, it's funny that Anthony Richardson is supposed to be like actually Superman and the most imposing man of all time. And in two games, he's got two concussions and two injuries. Pussy. His brain can't even take trauma that easy. Well, it's like, don't use a man as a battering ram. They're not meant for that, especially, like, your quarterback. I think you picked fourth overall. I don't know. Keep him safe. And then the fact that they have to switch to Gardner Minshew, who is possibly the most opposite quarterback possible. I don't think you could invent a quarterback less similar to Anthony Richardson. It's honestly a hilarious juxtaposition. I love it. It's it's so nonsensical that it like I think even if Anthony Richardson pans out, the Colts should seriously look at Chris Ballard and be like, what what the fuck are we paying you for? You know, I like to think that Chris Ballard's just in his uh, in his little office laughing about how different the two of them are. He's just giggling to himself, sending all his friends pictures of them standing next to each other in the quarterback room. I like to think that he got specially made action figures. <laughs> That are to scale so that he can just uh, really visualize the differences in height and size. Oh, dude. I've been looking for my new Colt McCoy, and I think it's Gardner Minshew. He's he's a good option. He's a good Colt McCoy. He's the quarterback where if he makes that throw, you're like, oh my goodness, thank you, Christ. And it's just 10 yards downfield. He's, he's the pedestrian quarterback. The torch is being passed. Wow. Wow. In yeah. real time. We found it in real time. Um, yeah, no, I just, the Ravens are going to win this game. I don't know how. I don't care how. I don't care about how many tees. Oh, dude, here's the teaser of the week. He's going to take them Ravens and them Dolphins. Yep. to wrap them together. And go prematurely buy that TV you've been waiting to buy. No. Count your money. No, don't do that. <laughs> Don't let's not be encouraging people to bet enough to buy TVs. That's when we lose, dude. <laughs> as soon as we unit shame people, it goes to hell. I, that's not unit shaming people. Maybe for you, you rich motherfucker. <laughs> Up twenty three grand. <laughs> I was picking a TV is a very reasonable thing. I was like, oh, a few hundred bucks. Yeah, it's definitely. <laughs> All right, next game. Next game. And on to the 3 o'clock hour where these games don't get any better. We have the Carolina Panthers going to play the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks are minus 6. Leg? 
I don't even know if I trusted that. I much don't as trust a leg. it at all. Yeah, I'm never. I'm never betting the Panthers. Um, I, I, I kept on telling. I, many people follow my bets, both the ones on the podcast and the ones on the Patreon, which is free unless you want it to not be free, and then you get all my picks. Uh, people were worried because betting on the Saints is uncomfortable because Derek Carr is just so fucking annoying. But I kept on saying we didn't bet on Derek Carr being good. We bet on him being bad and Bryce Young being incompetent. And Bryce Young was incompetent. Bryce Young was so bad, he didn't give himself an opportunity to be as bad as Deshaun Watson. So I'm not betting on the Panthers all year. It's just not happening. But with the Seahawks having a really, really crappy offensive line right now, and a quarterback I don't truly believe in, and a defense that kind of sucks, I don't feel comfortable laying six with them. And this game is in Seattle, so we do have some advantage. It's a long flight, I guess. That doesn't fucking matter. I, I, I have zero feeling on this game. I think this is just another bad one, but continue. No, I mean, it's a weak leg. It's a weak leg. Yeah, I mean, I don't think this will see any part of my theoretical bets. Yeah, no, fuck it. Let's move on. Yeah, move on. Next up, we have the Dallas Cowboys going to play the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals are plus 12 and a half. Can you even be a leg at this? I don't think so. Do you see, <laughs> do you see their money line? What's the money line? Uh, it looks like Dallas is minus 600. Oh my God, it's not even a leg. It's not even a fucking leg. No, it's terrible. Th- that's it. Next game. Next game. Are you ready? Oh, <laughs> come the fuck on, dude. To close out the 3 o'clock hour, we have the Chicago Bears going to play the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are minus 12 and a half. All right, so 12 and a half is a pretty big number depending on who you ask. <laughs> Some would even say it's a mature number. At least for its age. But listen, it feels a little bit premature to watch the Bears do such disgusting things on film and draw any conclusions from it, any mature conclusions at least. However, I'm going to jump the gun and just bury this team for so many fucking reasons. You can't leg it. It's too big of a spread. Is there anything left to say about these Bears? Moving on. Yeah. And on to Sunday night, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers going to play the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders are minus two and a half. Why couldn't I have had personal engagements this weekend instead of last? Yeah, you kind of fucked up, to be honest. I didn't choose this. Riot Fest did. Fair. Uh, okay, so it's an actionable line. It's a pick 'em. These teams suck, but they both suck. So I think that there's something. To, there's something here. Maybe uh, Chandler Jones is no longer in the NFL due to being a Jones brother, not to be confused with the Jonas. Uh, Pittsburgh has good receivers. George Pickens is unstoppable. He's truly special. And there's not a single corner on Oakland's team. I, <clears throat> I think Jimmy Galapagos is the prime candidate candidate to get murdered by this Steelers defense and completely lose his head. I think he struggles with these types of teams. He does. He struggles with pressure. But Uh, we go to the other side, and what the hell is Pickett going to be able to do? Well, not much, but it'll be easier. It will be easier. Max Crosby's sick, but he's one dude. I don't like Tyree Wilson, and he's a rookie, even though he's like a 24-year-old rookie. And George Pickens is going to be open all day. So I see a way that the Steelers can move the ball. I don't see how the Raiders move the ball. That's actually a good point. I think the Steelers might be the right side here. They're ugly. I hate the Steelers. But it's a lean for sure, and I think it might be a bet. I mean, the Jimmy Garoppolo is going to throw the ball. Oh, Devontae Adams is dead, right? I think so. I don't think he's dead, but I think he's out. I mean, I think that Jimmy Garoppolo threw him a hospital ball, and I think that he was successful in putting him in the hospital. So who they even have receiving? They hate Hunter Renfro. It's going to be Jacoby Myers. Patrick Peterson can handle that. So I, I just I don't see how Oakland's going to be effective running the ball against that line. I don't see how, but even without uh, Cam Hayward, I, I almost want to say, like, rest in peace and, like, God rest his soul when I mention Nick Chubb. But Nick Chubb was the best running back in the NFL. And the Browns have a good offensive line. And they weren't dominating on the ground. Like, they were moving the ball on the ground as they always do, five yards a clip. But it wasn't something disgusting. Yeah, I think Pittsburgh will be able to handle that run game. Man, Josh Jacobs is certainly no Nick Chubb. I don't even think he's a Jerome Ford. I think it might be Pittsburgh. We have two more games to look at. And we only need... Put Pittsburgh on the maybes. Absolutely. All right. So, Pittsburgh plus three, because you can get them at plus three. What? 
I thought it was pick. No, was, I told you Vegas minus two and a half. Oh my god, Pittsburgh. or Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh plus Pittsburgh three. Pittsburgh plus three. I don't. What the fuck? That's a bet. How? I think because it's technically pick them. It's just that the Raiders are home in Vegas. It's going to be all Steelers fans. <laughs> that's that's a good point. I don't want to bet on fucking Kenny Pickett, but... I don't either, but I don't want to bet on Jimmy Garoppolo, and we have no actionable games this week. Yes, these are two shitty teams, but shitty teams are evenly matched too, and there's edges here. That's fair. All right, so we'll put them in, and... Jump to Monday night? Yep, we got one more game to fill. On to Monday night. First up, we have the Philadelphia Eagles going to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucks are plus four and a half. This line is all the way down from seven. It was seven? It was seven. Uh, the bakery love is real. Yet again, just a couple years early, Joe. I know. I'm always... I'm, I I have an entire folder on my phone of memes from the big short, because it is one of my very favorite movies ever. I made my Econ 303 class watch it twice in college uh, when I was TAing, but man, it doesn't feel comfortable. <sighs> In weeks one and two, because the bird watcher couldn't watch the birds. The bird watcher was scouting exotic birds overseas. He's a man of the world. So we had to report back to him on what we had seen. And we were both really underwhelmed by the Eagles in, in both week one against New England and week two against the Vikings. You could argue they deserve to lose both games. Their defensive line is really good. Beyond that, well, well, their O-line is also incredible. Their defensive line was really good against exclusively backup interior lines. Remember, the Vikings were playing Darisol but very hurt, and they had backup center and guard. The Patriots had backup guard, center, guard. So yeah, Jalen Carter looked fucking unstoppable, and he's gonna be a great player. But he should look unstoppable against backups. That's fair. The, the Buccaneers don't exactly have a stalwart offensive line, but they don't have backups. Some of those guys might be backups on other teams, but... Hainsey's a really good center. Stinney is a solid guard. Now, I don't know about Cody Mawatch. It's only his third game, but he's okay. So, Philly has a really good offensive line. Yeah. A really good defensive line. Yep. Really good receivers. Yep. Bad quarterback. Bad quarterback. Getting worse. Bad secondary. Bad secondary. So then you look at the Bucks. What are the Bucks good at? Throwing downfield. Yep. The defense has been good in the run game. I was going to say, I, I noticed something about uh, Jalen Hurts this year. Remember last year, I talked at length about how Jalen Hurts is a good processor in a weird way because he always makes the right decision, but it takes him so long to do it. Mm-hmm. But if you give him time with an elite offensive line, he'll get there. Well, this year, both the Vikings and the Patriots had a lot of success just blitzing him because as good as that offensive line is, if you bring extra men, somebody's going to get home eventually. And Jalen Hurts takes so long that even if it's a slower developing blitz, you're going to have advantage. So you know who blitzes a lot is Todd Bowles. And I've actually really liked what he's done with his defense so far this year through two weeks. One against the Bears, which almost shouldn't count. But if you tell me you have a defense that stops the run really well, and blitzes really effectively, I tell you that defense has a great matchup advantage over the Eagles. Now you go to the other side of the ball. It's tough. Because I think the same issue for Tampa. Baker Mayfield is arguably this year the... No, Matt Stafford is. He's arguably the second best quarterback from a clean pocket this year. And yeah, I have a long checkered history of being high on Baker Mayfield when people say I shouldn't be. But even PFF agrees with me right now. Go check his EPA per play too. So there's no way to argue that Baker Mayfield hasn't been electric from a clean pocket this year. That being said, the Eagles are really good at making sure clean pockets don't happen. They're really good at rushing five. They have five really good players to rush. And the Buccaneers have a, shall we say, mistake-prone offensive line. It's got good pieces, but they're prone to miscommunication, and there are a couple holes, especially at right tackle, Luke Gadecki. I could see the Buccaneers struggling to be cohesive on offense, and they simply will not be able to run the ball. And they run the ball a little bit more than I would prefer. It's going to be a defensive game. It has to be. Both defenses have great advantages against each offense. When it comes down to the marrow... If you give me four points and the better quarterback in a defensive game that should be low scoring, I think it's at least ripe for a backdoor cover. That's very fair. And the Eagles have had a tough time closing games out. And dude, I know that the Eagles offensive line is like consensus the best. It hasn't looked that good this year. No, Jason's getting old. 
I know that the receivers are great, but it doesn't matter if Jalen Hurts can't throw to them. See, to a certain point, though, it doesn't. I mean, one of the touchdowns last week was a terrible underthrow. That's true. And the receivers are that good that, like, it can work. But that was against a third string or a fourth string safety for the Vikings. That's fair. The Bucks don't have any players that bad. It would take significant injury. I mean, the Bucks low key. Jamel Dean might be the perfect corner to match up with AJ Brown, just because he might be the only dude big enough, fast enough, and strong enough to move with him. And then Carlton Davis is a really good possession corner. That's gonna be. It's gonna really take away a lot of what Devonte Smith does so well with his ball skills. You've got good corners, and then you've also still got Antoine Winfield over the top. So. The Buccaneers' defense is still very stout and very difficult for a bad quarterback to handle. For sure. I just don't love the number at four and a half. I feel like it's a middling number. Right. I just don't like any number that's in that four and a half to five and a half range. Anything between four and six feels like you're wasting value. Yeah. Which is why I kind of want to put a half unit on the money line. If only to tell the bird watcher to fuck himself, and also I love him. It's plus 200. Be a nice little payday. I mean, split it with the fucking money line and the spread? I don't know. It feels emotional. It feels very emotional. Maybe pile... I think maybe pile. We'll talk about the maybes, and then there's one more game, which, honestly, we might have to unload the fucking clip on. Depending on some... We're gonna have to do some research as we go, but we might have to unload the fucking clip, dude. Yeah, I mean, we're getting down to it. And for the final game of week three, we have the Los Angeles Rams going to play the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals minus two and a half for Rams plus three. Okay, so this line is funky. If Joe Burrow was healthy, it'd be Cincy minus seven. Joe Burrow's not healthy, and there's some chance he might not even play at all, and that's why we're getting such great value right now. However, Alex and I have just read through some of the news, and it seems pretty certain that Burrow will play, just be hobbled. That's what it looks like. In which case, when that news breaks that Burrow will play, the line's going to jump up a little bit. It's probably going to get to three and a half, maybe more. I want to wait. We're recording this Wednesday night. I would bet you by Friday night, we know that Joe Burrow is playing and the line gets up to three and a half, four and a half. At that point, I'm starting to think that that's the move. Because let's think about it. So the Rams have low-key been kind of good. They have been. They probably had their best performance against the 49ers last week that they've had in years. Like, going back to the Super Bowl year, even in the Super Bowl year, the Rams struggled with the 49ers. It's a scheme mismatch. And the Rams hung with them. So, I think the Rams' offensive line is better than people think it is. The Rams have found receivers that can play football in Tutu Atwell and Puka Nakua, which is different for them. Because last year, they didn't have that. You know, without Cooper Cup, they had nothing. Now they have guys who are similar to Cooper Cup. Now, that sounds like fucking slander to Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup's not special. He's just featured in an offense. Pukunuku is not special. He's probably not as good as Cooper Cup, but he's featured in the offense and he is reliable. He can be Robert Woods. Matthew Stafford is on fire. Yeah, he's back. He's the best quarterback in the NFL. It's You may recall when Tom Brady retired the first time, I put on Twitter, Matt Stafford has finally done it. He's finally become the best quarterback in the NFL because Tom Brady retired. And then, of course, Tom Brady came back. Matt Stafford's game fell to hell because he was broken in several different ways. And Matt Stafford was not the best quarterback in the NFL. Well, Brady is now officially gone, and Stafford is healthy. And Stafford looks like pretty goddamn clearly the best quarterback in the NFL. It's not really close at all. That's two games, but we've got a pretty damn long career exhibiting great quarterback play from Stafford, so I feel pretty comfortable with it. And it's not like Cincy's defense has been anything special. Cincy's defense has not been special at all. They've and looked worse than I expected them and to. And you know what? Joe Burrow's not very good when he's healthy, and now he's not healthy. I would assume his head's all fucked up about it. He's got to be. Oh, you know what his head's fucked up about? Uh, Joe Mixon, yards per carry this year, 4.4. Joe Burrow, yards per pass this year, 4.2. Oh my, that is not good. I don't think I've ever seen something that bad. His head's fucked up. He's been playing like shit right after getting a big paycheck. That's going to double fuck his head up. And he's hobbled. This is a man who lacks arm strength as it is, and now you're taking away one of his legs. This is a man who already is arrogant in the pocket and takes too many chances and therefore takes bad sacks. Now he can't move well. I kind of think the Rams are the fucking play, dude. Especially if we get him at plus four, which I think we will when Burrow's announced to play. I think if we get him at a higher number, I'm, I'm good with taking him. I don't want to take him at plus three, though. I'd like a hook. I would much prefer a hook because I think it's going to land three. Yeah. I think it'll be another close game. I I, I I think think the Bengals are going to play a lot of close games. Yes. And I think that lends well to, you know, one, obviously getting the points, but also the Rams. 
the Rams are going to play a, you know, a simpler game. They're not out there drawing up, you know, the really explosive downfield plays as much as they used to. It's more as they're just moving chains. Yeah. And then Stafford is really good at moving the chains and throwing to that second level of the defense. Yeah. So I think that that lends well to closer games where you just need to kind of chew a little bit. Yeah, and the Rams really like Kyron Williams for some fucking reason. I don't, but he does hit the right holes slowly, but he does hit them. Man, this is a disgusting week. Yeah, it really is. All right. Should we go through our several... Oh, obligatory. Aaron Donald can fuck up a team. Absolutely, especially with that fucking... I don't like saying this. The fucking Rams defense is kind of decent, and it shouldn't be. It should suck. There's nobody on it except Aaron Donald, and it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. It looks competent, which it, sh- it shouldn't. I yeah. Let's go to the let's let's sort through the maybe pile and figure out our five picks. All right. So currently we have New Orleans plus two, Washington like, plus I, six and a half. I like I like New Orleans. I feel iffy about Washington. Detroit minus three. I feel iffy. Pittsburgh plus three. Those are our four that we've picked. Okay, so of those, my favorites are New Orleans and Pittsburgh. Okay. Okay, and then we go to our maybes, which we have Miami minus six and a half. It's tempting. Tampa Bay plus four and a half. It's tough. And Rams currently plus three probably will be a little bit higher in a a few days. Okay, I like I like that Rams plus four or so. I I think it's between Rams and Dolphins for me. I understand what you're saying about Tampa. I think it does make sense. It just scares me. Yeah, it feels emotional. It feels like there's no reason to make that kind of leap, especially because we know that we like Baker Mayfield more than most. And although the Eagles don't have a complete defense, this will definitely be the best defense that they've played. True. And will be the first one that can really get after Baker, which is classically what gives him problems. So we've got New Orleans, Pittsburgh, Detroit, Washington, and L.A. I'd be okay with that. Washington scares the fuck out of me, but I know it's the right side. I hate this week. Oh, it's a terrible week. Like, in a vacuum, the only games I think I would actually bet are Pittsburgh and New Orleans. Everything else, I don't know if I would bet in a normal week. That's very fair. I Honestly, I probably would bet on maybe just New Orleans. Shit, I would probably just sit this week out. I was tempted to. Honestly, I, I have not made a bet yet. This Usually, like the last two weeks, I've rolled into the pod with at least five games I'm playing, and most of the pod is just, one, to produce content for our beautiful listener, and two, to whittle it down to my five favorite picks. Th- this week, I truly needed this pod to visualize any. That said, I do have one killer bet that I'm going to unload on. I'm going to put my dick on the table. I'm going to garnish it. I'm going to frame it. I'm going to get a ring light for it. I'm going to show it off for all to see. Dude, how does Miami and Baltimore Moneyline parlay or teaser not win? Ooh, I don't know. That's a good idea. We should do that right now. If you parlay... The Dolphins minus two and a half over the Broncos. The Ravens minus two and a half over the Colts. And the Cowboys minus two and a half over the Cardinals. You get a plus 130 bet. And so that's exactly what we're going to do. Because that's the only bet we really truly like this week. I would prefer not to make it a three-team parlay. But I feel like the Cowboys over the Cardinals isn't a game. It's the NFL, so weirder things have happened. You know, don't bust your nut on it. But this is a good two-unit play for me, and reminder, I play two units on games that I like. I Like, I play two units on most games. I play three units on games I love. I play one unit on games I have a feeling about. So this is a standard two-unit play for me. Is that? Am I being unduly risky? I mean, <clears throat> I think any time you throw in three teams onto a parlay, it gets way riskier. It does, but it's also the Cowboys versus the Cardinals. Yeah, so I think that... But I think just any time you add it in, it feels like you increase your variance. Whatever the math is. I mean, the math... Paging our math friends. 
it's probably quite a significant difference in terms of your odds exponentially literally but yeah but like you're saying it's dallas over the cardinals and if dallas loses to the cardinals probability is one thing but we also live in a real world there's just no way that the cowboys are allowed to lose to the cardinals because even if the cardinals start to win they want to lose we saw that last week (laughs) that's a great point like the probability be damned arizona will throw the probability off with their intent so i also just don't see how the fucking broncos keep up with the dolphins i don't see how the ravens lose to gardner Minshew's cold i agree are we gonna do that in place of a fifth bet or are we also doing rams plus three now we also have to do rams plus three we gotta we gotta get five contest line are we going to put any qualifier on it like if it doesn't go below three and a half, then we're not going to bet it. If, we're, if it doesn't go to three and a half. If you can't get it at three and a half, what's our next favorite lead? I would probably say Miami straight up at six and a half. Yep, but. I agree. So if we don't get Rams plus four and a half, take Miami minus six and a half. Plus four and a half all the way up there? Sorry. Get three and a half or better. I agree. I think that's fine. Like, four and a half would be nice. Yeah, get the hook. You don't need the scythe. Lovely. Look at that. We we carved out six bets, Joe. And and I, I like two or three of them. <laughs> I might even make one of these bets in a normal week. I think this week... So, for reference, if you've seen my Twitter, if you've seen my Patreon, I've been betting personally about 20 to 30 grand each week. And it's worked for me. It's worked pretty goddamn well. But this week, I can't justify betting more than maybe five, six grand. I'm going to bet a unit. I'm going to bet two units on this parlay. And I'm going to bet a unit on New Orleans and a unit on Pittsburgh. And that's probably it. And I'll probably bet like chicken wings or chips on the Buccaneers beating the Eagles with the Birdwatcher. I like that. We do have one more thing to wrap up. Did we decide on a best bet? (sighs) It's between New Orleans and Pittsburgh. I want Pittsburgh because I get three. I was going to say, I think that the difference is that Pittsburgh at least gets three and New Orleans is only two. And it's bad teams. It's We're playing divorce guys. We're playing divorce guys. Absolutely. It's it's tough sledding. Everyone's bad. This is week of bad matchups. It's a bad week, which is why you get an extra long podcast while we figure shit out. <laughs> it's always the sickest part of it is it's like a week that we don't want to talk about because all the games suck, and we always end up going longer than anything because we have to figure have to out. Find something. <laughs> I mean, our recap here is going to be 10 minutes. Yeah. Don't worry. I'll have timestamps. You'll know that because by the time you get to this portion in the pod, you've listened to everything. Yeah, you're a trooper if you've made it this far. Or if you were smart enough to go to the table of contents and skip to the summary. Yep, also smart. I do it all the time. Hey, give me a... I need 60 seconds of your viewing. That triggers the uh, the view count. That gets me my ad revenue. Give me 60 seconds. All right, that's all we got. Uh, Taylor fail or whatever. Please bet on football games, but maybe not this week because the games suck. And if we do poorly, blame it on my borderline illness. Yeah, basically we are indemnified. Flu game. Till next week. Asta.